and we're live hi everyone and welcome to the polygon forest i am ubisoft concept artist finn hill i am joined as ever by the indie developer mr christopher jarvis hello i'm a bit higher today a bit higher yeah you've got a uh, standy desk as we were joking about in the pre-show standy uppy desk look watch this for you audio listeners left to describe the scene uh i'm now going down well i'm comparing higher because my desk is going down <laughs> and now the desk is going back up again Oh, that's a yep. bit too high. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. I, that... Actually, I think like the audio listens are going to get the full experience anyway, because you could definitely hear like, you sound like your Robocop just extending your legs up and down. <laughs> Maybe that's actually what you're doing. It's, it's not a desk at all. You're actually stood up right now. You're just two foot tall because of your little robot legs. Uh, I, I Bionic command there, but with legs. It's, it's been a long week. What can I say? I've been working on a lot of UI. Uh, coding and it's just it's frying my brain but it's all good so uh chris other than your standing desk how are you going man uh i'm doing good i've also got a new monitor so i can look at my pretty indie game um which i have yet to try out so this is my first outing with my new monitor so i'm just in new toy mode so i've been doing i've been doing good but similar to you like i have ui ugh, bugs fixing yeah, ui problems it's horrible yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. So, like, with the monitor as well, though, like, did you, because I know you were talking about on Twitter anyway, like, did you end up going for, like, a HDR sort of style thing, or did you just get a normal bug standard monitor? It's not actually HDR, but it is um, uh, Adobe RGB. So it's a higher color profile um, yeah. than the standard sRGB that most of the internet is. So there's more colors on here, but it's not strictly, I think it's strictly speaking not HDR per se mm. and i went for a smaller one it's only like 25 inches which to me smaller is actually enough. huge but yeah. everything else before like you spend crazy money so this is still a lot of money but um this is gonna be forever you know it's like i've got a forever desk this is gonna do me forever i've got a forever monitor this is gonna do me forever probably yeah so yeah new toys oh did you was it like a 1080p one or did you just get like 4k one or what oh yeah i think it's I think it's 2K. Oh, okay. So like 1440p. 1440p. Yeah. And it's only 60 hertz, but... That's all you need, man. Yeah. 120 is overrated unless you're gaming on it. Sort of thing. So if you're making stuff on it, though, like if you're a creator, then yeah, the, the wider uh, color gamut or whatever that you've got, like the Adobe RGB is probably more important than it would be for HDR. So you definitely went the right route, I think. Like, yeah. Because it's just what you were sort of describing on Twitter is kind of like, yeah, it's kind of overkill, like for everything that you're doing. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't even have, yeah, I need to, I need to upgrade my stuff because I'm definitely like using a TV and an old mono, but my old mono is great for coding and stuff, but it's all good. Anyway, boring, like sort of toy stuff aside, Chris, Christ, yeah. like that's what you want to talk about. I'm only joking. I was asking a question <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, we should uh, we should dive straight into our topic this week. Obviously, by the thumbnail, it's a bit it's not really controversial. Like this, uh, we sort of spoke about this in the pre-show, but I've, I've sort of got a, an issue with a lot of podcasts that are sort of avoiding this news because they quote unquote call it too political or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's I'm not really focusing on the politics of like the invasion and stuff, like because the facts are pretty dry about it. It's kind of like yeah, it's an invasion of another country and. Now, there's consequences for that, and so we're going to be talking about those consequences, yeah. which is that the games industry is starting to react to uh, Russia and uh, their uh, sort of invasion of Ukraine. So it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of news sort of floating around that. And it's been coming out in bits. Like, there hasn't been, like, a full-blown effort from this or anything, um, but it's 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 yeah, it's starting to happen. And I'll sort of give a bit of context how this began to happen, and that's uh, this tweet which came from the, I think it's the vice prime minister of Ukraine. I think it's the vice prime minister. It's the, yeah, it is the vice prime, prime minister. That's correct. So he's like second in command uh, to, I don't know if second in command to Zelensky or what, but yeah, anyway, it's not important. He's, he's higher up in leadership in, in Ukraine. Okay. And he um, basically added Xbox and PlayStation and said, you are definitely aware of what's happening in Ukraine right now. Russia... Uh, declare, declare war not for Ukraine but for civilized world. It's a bit of a typo there, but it's fine. Uh, if you support human uh, human values, you should live uh, leave the Russian market. Like there's some spell mistakes in that, but of course, like English isn't his first language, so yeah. And he's 
to be fair, he's got a bit time. of stress. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's he's a bit stressed out at the moment, which is you know totally understandable. Fair so enough. we can excuse him for a couple of uh, a couple of typos, which is absolutely fine. Um, and the reason for this, and a lot of people say, "Well, what the hell have video games got to do with the, uh, the with the Russian invasion? Like, we shouldn't really be doing this. Like, it's a, it's a bit weird. Like, it's sort of out of context." But and I, I thought that the same as well. I was like, "Yeah, it seems a bit like low in the uh, priority list." for like what we should be sort of concerned with right now. Uh, but then I started looking into the numbers and how much money Russia actually makes on the video games industry. And it's, it turns out it's quite a lot. Uh, so there's, as a report on by uh, GamesBeat back in, uh, I don't know when this was actually. It's pretty, not that it's long ago. It's got to be within the last seven days. It's got to be within. Yeah, it's, this is pretty, this is pretty recent. Anyway, there's uh, an article from GamesBeat it talks about the Russian game market has doubled in five years to two billion US dollars. Two billion. Two billion. It's a lot. Uh, so I think the global market is at like seventy billion. So they've got a good sort of five percent of the market sort of thing is in Russia. And you think, okay, that's that's a lot of money. That's two billion. And then the question comes: Okay, then why why are we punishing gamers by taking away uh, video games from them in whatever context, like if it's within the invasion or whatever? Yeah. But like a lot of that money is taxed, and then the tax goes into the Russian Federation, and then that fuels the war machine. That's just sort of the blunt nature of it. And like we can talk about that a uh, bit more specifically in a minute. Mm. But I just wanted to give a little bit of context in terms of like how big the Russian video games market is, and something sort of growing since. Um, games have become more accessible over there so like i'm not accessible in terms of like um disability accessibility i mean like accessible as in people like can localization get to it a lot easier yeah. yeah like games are being converted into russian now they're being localized properly there's um obviously steam is huge in russia like absolutely massive and the uh, console markets are also growing as well because just games are a lot easier to get hold of because of things like game pass and and uh, these sort of services which is which is uh, great for the world but yeah, in, in today's context, it's things have changed a little bit. Uh, that brings me on to this, which is uh, the NDPs for like global markets. And it's just what games sell the most in the world. And uh, in Russia last year, the, the top selling games were uh, Grand Theft Auto V, Cyberpunk, and uh, Sony's uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. That's interesting. Uh, GTA V. It's very interesting. Oh. Yeah, there's normally, like I think they actually mentioned in this article that um in 17 countries players preferred fifa 22 uh but in russia gta 5 and type punk 277 miles morales um are the best selling titles and finland games chose nfl 22 which is that's interesting of itself i guess it's cold up there um but yeah there's 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 that so there's it, there's a huge gaming market that's the sort of thing that i'm trying to push right now that's yeah that's the like so and, and this is why the uh the vice um, Prime Minister has come out and said, hey, companies, you shouldn't be supporting these people because you're, they're making a lot of money yeah. through you and you're basically you're basically funding the the war machine in, in um, the Russian Federation right now. So it's not sentimental. It's not just like a gesture. It's actually going to affect, you know, the amount of money that Russia can get from these consumer, these, you know, the, these products um, yeah. by, by these companies. Um, withholding them from the Russian people being able to buy them. That sucks for the Russian people that don't want war. Um, that's the only downside. But, you know, the potential upside bit being, you know, stopping how much money Putin's got to rage war in Europe, which when yeah. you say it out loud, just sounds just sounds absolutely yeah, it's, wild. Yeah, it's, it's, it still sounds like we're living in some alternative um, reality, but it's, it is our reality, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like to... Sort of go off the back of that though is just the uh, the fact that Cyberpunk and uh, GTA Five were the top selling games of last year in Russia. Um, to sort of tell you how this directly affects that, we've got first news story is from um, GamesIndustry.biz. CD Projekt Red halts all sales in Russia and Belarus. So that game is it's not available in Russia as of as of time of filming this which is yeah that's the biggest one of the biggest games of last year for russia is is out yeah uh, the second biggest game which was the uh 
this is Grand Theft Auto Five that's still still flourishing there. Also, the um, Rockstar Game Store has removed the storefront on uh, PC, at least anyway. I'm not sure like what it's doing on consoles and if it stopped sales writ large across yeah. all platforms. But PC is the biggest platform in Russia, um, so you can no longer buy uh, anything from Rockstar Games on the Russian store as of time of writing. But this this is. This is pretty new anyway. Like, I don't think uh, this has been confirmed by any other outlet, so take this with a pinch of salt, but it just seems like they've just removed the store sort of thing. Yeah. So you can't actually buy any things. There's loads of people pulling. Um, so was it uh, Gran Turismo 7 sales uh, being paused in Russia, and you've got Electronic Arts sort of pulling its games. Uh, they've taken off Russian football team from FIFA 2022 um, as well. So there's that on top so there's lots of people that are pulling out and it seems like it's good to see that it's just more than one article where uh, and it, you know it's, it's lots of developers that are doing this so it's it seems like they're they're doing they're all doing i don't, their, I don't think part. this is i don't think this is finished either um this is going to ripple out the fact that um, microsoft have come out and said yeah we're just hauling all sales that was pretty big considering i think the the major blow that pressure could really get and dave and dave Gabe Newell has already spoken to the his opinion on the the whole Russia and Ukraine uh, situation that's going on, and he's he's not best happy with Russia, that's for sure. And if Gabe Newell just decides to pull um, steam from Russia, that's 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 going to be like the biggest blow, I think. But there's a lot of things around that which is sort of difficult um, because we're not just dealing with uh, okay the publisher as a whole like if you're, if you're ea or something you can sort of mitigate and we have to mention like ea have also like halted all sales in russia as well but like if ea just turn around and say okay we're going to stop selling games on steam writ large or whatever or whatever publisher decides to do that they can sort of look at how that's going to affect them and the industry writ large because yeah. they're a very contained unit but for steam it's a lot more it's a lot more nebulous in that if you're an indie developer, for example, like how 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 do your sales on your indie game get affected by Steam pulling out of Russia? And it's stuff like that, which Steam, I think, have got to crunch a lot of numbers, but ultimately they're probably going to go the same route as everyone else um, just to avoid like the, the Twitter backlash of, you know, boycott X company or, or Y um, product. And it's just, yeah, I, I really don't think this is anywhere near done. It's It's going to continue. Yeah, slowly ramping it up is probably a good way to go. So it's not uh, because it, you know, it, hopefully that is more of a message to Russia as well to say like this is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. The more they crunch the numbers, the more they they see how it's going to affect. You know that that's like a strategy. You know, all the countries have been doing that with their economic sanctions. They didn't all just go everything now. You know, the the way to do it is slowly and progressively over time. Um, is is the tactic and so that's good that everyone seems to be like in unison as well um which is quite good. yeah I think that's, that speaks to like world leadership as well i guess like in terms of how everyone's been sort of unified on this like obviously like morally it's just there's a lot of things that people can say like well yeah obviously we're gonna like support x y and z and stuff but like ultimately like you really forget how much like if sanctions weren't put into place all at once in a political sense then you know companies on the on further down the list like this in the games industry um wouldn't jump on board as quickly either but because like they know they're probably going to be supported by their respective um by their respective governments wherever they're yeah like officially based yeah that's 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 important so, so like it, yeah 95 percent, kind of... i guess of yeah like 95 percent of the games industry is going to be on board with this happening yeah so that's kind of easy maths to do i suppose isn't it yeah, absolutely. I mean, but there is obviously with the whole Steam thing, there's a lot of talk around uh, PayPal and MasterCard because obviously they're two companies that have also pulled out Russia writ large um, and a lot of indie developers and content creators from all across all industries get paid through those services. So mm. it's it's it, the damage is already sort of being done before Steam even like pull the trigger on this. Like in terms of yeah. games, like I want to keep this specific to the games industry, of course, because yeah. we're Gaming First podcast. and foremost, we're, we're a gaming podcast, so that's what we want to talk about. So, like, the damage is already going to be done to indie developers that are potentially trying to sell stuff to um, Russian gamers, and so like that's it, and Russian for... uh, Russian indie devs as well. I suppose that their method of getting payment in uh, has already been taken away from them. So, yeah, the, and the, 
that does extend their conversation as well. Like, yeah, we're talking about publishers pulling out of Russia, but we're also like, we haven't even touched upon the fact that there's a lot of people starting to call for within Ukraine and outside of Ukraine um, for uh, game studios that, or game publishers that have studios based in Russia to pull the studios out altogether yeah. um, and just cut them off uh, completely. And so, okay, we're not going to sell games there. And we're also not going to develop games there. Uh, there's a lot of talk around that and i think we're probably going to start seeing that happen yeah um in the coming days especially if russia doesn't change its tone which it certainly looks like it's not even adherent to ceasefires so like i doubt <sighs> it's going to really care about like the games industry and, and losing a few studios and it just it's just another sort of it's another grain of sand on on the mound of um of weight which we're adding to russia just to sort of tell them hey this isn't cool and, and the games industry definitely has a part to play in that because outside of the money like we can talk about how much money like russia makes and all of that but at the end of the day video games are like a sense of culture in a way like they're very much a globalist sort of culture aspect of our daily lives and if you start taking that stuff away then the game is in russia we're going to start noticing and if they're not i, I don't want to say brainwash or like that but if they're, if they're getting wrong information it might like this sort of thing might wake them up a little bit to certain events around the world like whatever that may be uh so it's just like this is the part that the games industry is trying to play if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing like it remains to be seen mm. but I, I wanted to get like your thoughts on this though chris like what how do you feel about the people that are saying um you know we shouldn't be punishing gamers in russia for the acts of their government like do you, do you agree with that or is it a bit more nebulous for you unfortunately yeah it went when it comes down to life and death which it is you know the you know people are dying and so the things that we play with as a luxury aren't as important and you just can't quantify the two so as long as there are people dying a country not being able to access entertainment i don't think is a very big deal i mean it's going to be a big deal to the to the russians where they're not getting that much information about about this invasion and so their government and their media are downplaying it so i can understand their frustrations um that they might have that they can't get hold of gta 5 for example if that's like their their top game um and so it's almost not their fault really um Mm. but yeah at the end of the day what it's doing is going to try and help a country invading europe to try and stop people dying and so it can only be a good thing um with with any sort of effort that that goes towards that um that's that's kind of my thought it's just two separate things totally not even in the same ballpark what yeah, would you think no, i i think i'm i think i'm on the same page as you um i don't really have like a clean cut answer like a lot of people seem to have on twitter where it's like oh yeah i'm all for like it's it's binary one or zero sort of thing and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not really in that camp like I, I i absolutely feel sorry for the average um russian that doesn't support this war that just like i just want to get on my life and, and and i just want to play some video games like we just come out of a pandemic and now my stupid country is going to war like i, I don't understand this anyway it doesn't matter so, as long as i can sit down and, and play gta 5 on the yeah. like the next gen update of the gta 5 and then suddenly this goes down it's like motherfucking sort yeah. of thing. like i, I understand yeah I, I, I understand, like, that sucks for them. But at the end of the day, like, I sort of fall into that. Regardless of how I feel about that, like, the average um, Russian that is against the war and, and, like, just wants to get on with their life, at the end of the day, like, the taxes that they pay on those video games do go up to the Kremlin, which does fund the war effort, which is killing Ukrainians. So in a, indirectly, we have... I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming the average Russian for this war, absolutely not. Like I, I, I blame the man at the top for that, but mm. for the average person, like these are the sacrifices that we have to, that we have to sort of take when it comes to our governments doing heinous things. So this is, it, it's sort of like, it has to happen, but like as, as horrible as it is to the average person, unfortunately, this is just, we can't fund this war in, in any way whatsoever. And, and, this is definitely a part of it. Yeah, I agree. So it's it's kind of powerful that you know we those these companies in the West have have the ability to sort of get involved in that. And some people don't like that. They think you should leave politics out of it. Um, and I get that sentiment. But games aren't ever created in a vacuum, and politics plays into that. The world stage plays into that. 
games aren't even consumed in a vacuum. So you may want to like escape the world, but that very act in itself shapes your um, shapes your experience with a game. So like Horizon uh, Zero Dawn was one of my favorite games of all time because of when it came, uh, which was you know during lockdown, and so I was going through some stuff and its themes totally resonated with me. Um, and so they are totally part of each other. Like games exist in the real world in real time. So when they're released, you know, how good their graphics are, what the stories are, they're influ- like because the devs are living in the real world, creating these games, they exist in the real world. Um, so they, they cannot be separated regardless of if they should be. Um, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you're right, and I think people forget about the whole vacuum thing, like video games aren't made in a vacuum. As much as we would like to compartmentalize some of these things, um, and, and we can certainly for a lot of things, like in terms of like morals and ethics and, and just high theory of, of everything. But when, when it comes, when the rubber hits the road on this thing, like video games in Russia that are being paid are, are getting taxed and those taxes go to the Kremlin, which then inadvertently like are going to the war effort. So it's sort of, it's a tiny fraction of those taxes. Don't get me wrong, but like even one penny is too much sort of thing for a lot of these companies and a lot of these gamers, because at the end of the day, these companies aren't just doing this out of like, just out of the goodness of their heart sort of thing. It's because of the outcry from gamers in the West. Mm. So like people in America and, and the UK and all over Europe and, and everywhere else, like in Japan, everywhere, like people are saying to games companies like, Hey, this isn't cool that you sell games or that you're developing games in Russia because you're helping these people kill people and that's not that's not what we want to be about that's not what gamers are about so i I respect both sides of that fence and i definitely fall on the side that yeah at the end of the day these taxes are going to the war effort in whatever way so we've got to we've got to cut out as much as we can i guess but it certainly sucks i am sympathetic to the average russian who wants nothing to do with this but this is unfortunately just how it has to be and if any if if the uk ever did anything heinous like I, I would hope that the same thing would happen to us as well and, and and i'm sure there's a lot of gamers in russia that are kind of like yeah i get it like this isn't this isn't cool and this is just another message to the shot of the bow of the kremlin to sort of like let them know like hey the world isn't very happy about this which you know they haven't got that message by now when will i ever but it's just it's more pressure to add so yeah it is what it is yeah yeah it's a sucky situation, but hopefully it can speed things up in a small way. Then the better. Hopefully the. I hope so. Because like, I, I don't a lot want to talk, talk, talk about this on our podcast. You know, we shouldn't be talking. Yeah, about yeah. It. This is a game podcast. We shouldn't yeah. have to talk about wars, but it's totally right. relevant. It's totally, totally affecting the games industry. It's going to be affecting what games come out. It's going to be affecting what stories get written. You know, there's going to be devs in Russia. There's going to be devs in Ukraine. Those stories that are going to be told in the next sort of five, ten years, just going to be part of it. Yeah, which yeah, it, it's probably good as well because I think we sort of deify video games uh, development in, in general anyway. We sort of compartmentalize it out of society when, like, not us, like specifically, but like the game gamers in general sort of do this thing. But like, we have to realize that games development is very sort of entangled with real life and reality sometimes and this like this sometimes reality has its way of uh, punching you in the face to remind you of that and you're absolutely right like the developers in ukraine and russia are absolutely going to be affected by this and i mean we're already seeing that the fact that stalker 2 has been delayed indefinitely um ukrainian developers and there's plenty of other games as well in the pipe which we don't even know about like which have probably been delayed or cancelled or just completely gone already because them developers have decided you know what it's going to pick up an assault rifle and defend my country which sounds insane but that's what's happening that's the reality of this mm. games developers are like defending their country right now they've got other priorities and we should absolutely as gamers respect those priorities and, and sort of you know support them in any way that we can especially in this in this way so yeah i mean i, I don't want to talk about this anymore like we'll sort of move on from this but i, I mad respect for the companies that have uh, had the balls to do this basically because it's a lot of money that they're going to lose but it's ultimately probably the right thing to do for the time being at least um yeah remains to be seen how much like it actually affects if at all but like yeah we shall see yeah watch this space and hopefully Indeed. next week we have some some we won't talk about it and that'll be good news so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i look forward to the week where we don't have to talk about a war on a gaming podcast 
Chris. Like that would be that would be nice. So uh, Russia, if you could um, stop, that would be great. You know, like that would be nice if for us at least. Just, like, stop. Yeah. For us, you know, and and you know the like the forty million people of Ukraine now, they'd also be cool. I hate that guy. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Chris, what talk about next. Uh, uh, you've got some uh, news about Epic Games, I believe. So uh, we should probably talk about that. Epic Games, yes. So Epic Games recently bought. Um, so a little while ago, they bought Harmonix, so the studio that did like the Rock Band uh, and all that those sort of games. And right. they also recently bought Bandcamp. Um, so why are we talking about those two things specifically? Well. The reason being... I don't know, Chris. You're going to have to tell me. Because I'm actually quite like off the fence on this. Like I have no idea what's happening. So this is all you, brother. Okay. So basically, um, Bandcamp... Because Vin didn't even know. So I've got to probably explain it to the to the people that aren't kind of a bit musos. So Bandcamp is this uh, platform similar to Spotify. But it's okay. a platform that, that bands and artists r- prefer to uh, use. Um, because they get lots more of the royalties than something like a streaming platform like Spotify. So it's a place where people can go and interact with the actual musicians and there's a lot more back and forth. And um, you can buy you can buy like the artist's content, so like music primarily, uh, through Bandcamp. And Bandcamp offer the best return for, for the for the artist. So they'd much prefer it over something like Spotify. Okay. So Epic have got Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite did the biggest concert of all time. When that rapper was it Travis something or other did that in game? We're getting old, man. I know. He did <laughs> that. that the, these newfangled artists, like we these don't rappers, rapidy rapid rapping all over the place. <laughs> rapidy rappers. Yeah. Um. So that that's the biggest concert. So Epic have got that. Then they bought Harmonics. So they bought the people that did Rock Band, but also bought huge IPs. So lots of um. Lots of artists have their IPs with harmonics, so things like so things like the Beatles when they did like the Beatles rock band, that was mm. must have been huge. Like I don't know what the yeah. numbers were for that. So this is all in Epic and Fortnite sort of sphere. And then they buy Bandcamp, so that on its own, like the Bandcamp news in isolation, is like well that's a bit left field. Why are they buying like a music buying platform? Like why would they want to be able to like get artists involved in in, in selling their their content through through epic that doesn't make any sense but when you right. combine it with harmonics who have got ips of a lot of artists and when you combine it with fortnite and the biggest concerts that ever existed it looks like they're brewing something huge it mm. looks like to me they're trying to get their own sort of metaverse where they could have sort of live concerts and they could invite artists along and using the Bandcamp software, you can like maybe buy tickets or you can buy the albums that are done live in Fortnite, for example. Or if it's not Fortnite, it'd be, you know, maybe its own platform, like an online music concert venue where people yeah. can log in, exist in the space. The artist is, you know, on, on stage virtually, potentially. And you could maybe buy tickets or buy the recording through Bandcamp and all in it's, it's all in one one place so all online unlike the metaverse that's what i think this acquisition sort of um you know is is, yeah. is pointing towards i guess there is a lot of opportunities for epic to sort of branch out because i'm not sure like if like yeah i mean it sounds great that they would do that especially within something like fortnite but w- would it be more beneficial to them do you think if they I don't know, like branched off a section of Fortnite just for concerts sort of thing? Yeah, I think I would that think would be so. on the table. I don't know. I don't know whether or not they want to keep it within Fortnite because Fortnite's got the branding, so they've got the numbers. Mm. So people are going to turn up. So people that play Fortnite is huge. The people that are spending money through Fortnite is absolutely huge. Like Bandcamp was a... Like, I think someone... I was watching the, the Play, Watch, Listen podcast with Austin Winter in... I think it was something like a week or a year's worth of um, Fortnite's revenue was like the whole of Bandcamp's earnings. So this was small fry for Epic. This was like a drop in the sure. ocean. They they could have probably done their own thing, but this was the cheaper option just to buy. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, Bandcamp. this is the thing about the acquisitions, which a lot of people miss, and that's it. It's a great point. Is that like yeah, it is a drop in the bucket, but they're not buying the service at all. They're buying the infrastructure and the experience. 
of the service. That's what they're buying. Then they don't care about Bandcamp. Like they absolutely could start from the ground up and build something probably better and you know with more money and all that sort of stuff. But it would take years and years and years. But like by having these acquisitions, you basically are just skipping a lot of stuff. And the same reason why uh, PlayStation have just bought out Bungie. Like ninety nine percent of the the reason why they bought Bungie wasn't because of destiny or anything like that it's, they probably don't really care about destiny because it's a free-to-play game they're not really going to make that much cash off it anyway yeah apart from the microtransactions but the experience that comes with that of making a live service game is way more beneficial to someone like sony and i think this is probably going to be the same as well um even if they don't merge Bandcamp directly into something like fortnite or a fortnite music or something where you could just go into like you could log into Fortnite music and your avatar is there, what you always use at Fortnite or whatever, and then you can go and sit down. And then you can go to a concert. Chat, yeah. Right, and actually go. Like you could totally make a separate app for that and, 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 and that would work and it would be great. You could but, buy the band t-shirts virtually. Right, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of merchandise opportunities in that, I guess, as yeah. you said. So, yeah, fascinating. It is really interesting though. But it's virtual. But they say on the press release that Bandcamp isn't going anywhere, so they're still going to have the standalone marketplace, still have the online music community. Uh, they're still going to keep the 82% average sale um, that goes to the artists. Um, right. They're still doing everything that they did before and all the, the events. So, yeah, it sounds like they just bought the technology and the expertise and the experience and the skills. So they can use that yeah i mean epic epic games are a funny weird company man like when it when it comes to the industry anyway because they're buying a lot of services for various different things which don't really make a lot of sense a lot of the time but like i, I know there was a report came out that they had bought a, a shopping mall randomly um i don't know what the hell that was about but they've also bought uh, art station so epic own art station huh. which is bananas and yeah. it's like okay that's a worry for me as an artist, and I can go into that in a minute. They yeah. also bought uh, Sketchfab, which is like people that don't know, like if you're a 3D artist, you upload basically 3D models to Sketchfab, which is sort of like a, a 3D model viewer, for, for lack of a better term, in a web browser. So you can spin it around, look at it, look at the different layers on it, see like what the wireframe looks like and all the textures and all that sort of stuff. Like it's a really cool tool. And Epic just randomly bought it out. And like now they have like sort of, the their fingers and toes in all of the portfolio spaces for uh, the games industry which is weird i'm not quite sure how i feel about that yet because of the um the ramifications of that like if they start only promoting stuff that is made by epic games or if they only like if you're if you're an art station or whatever and you're trying to get your best work shown and you don't use unreal engine for example like how far mm. down the algorithm are you going to be like, that's a real question. Same for Sketchfab, right? Like, oh, like, are oh, you not making a game that's going to be an Unreal Engine? That's oh, too bad. You're going to be at the bottom of the algorithm, isn't it? And it's it's stuff like that which I'm I'm very nervous about. And like, I'm not sure if you have any of the because you're more of a music person. Like, you you play instruments and all that sort of stuff. Like, you you know how to do the old jams. I do not. I'm I'm totally out of the loop on this. Like, is there is there any other concerns around this acquisition that you can actually see, or do you think this is all good news? No, I, if anything, I just think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be more opportunity. So I, I, I hope that it with the with the harmonic stuff. Like if you can, because yeah, because also Epic did that thing where you can actually plug your actual guitar into Epic and play along. So we've got that technology as well. Um, or was that Ubisoft? That might have been Ubisoft actually. It was Ubisoft. Sorry, yeah, it was my mistake. Rocksmith. Rocksmith. No, no, that was it. That. But yeah, so they got direct the rock... rivals with, with so they got... that. So it... Yeah, so we know that technology exists, though. So if Epic come up with something similar, or if they just use the rock band, like, guitars, or, like, you know, mm. the drums and the mic, you could have that situation where you've just got more opportunity. I can't see how it would take away from anything that already exists. Um, because they've, they've even said, you know, Bandcamp isn't going anywhere. So that's the right. technology for bands to be able to sell their music. I just suspect it's going to be a bigger platform than what the bands could have possibly hoped for. Like Bandcamp is a platform for sure, but like via Epic and via potentially some sort of Fortnite based concerts, the potential for sales could be huge because you've got all these tweens and kids that can spend disposable income through Fortnite. If they then go to their parents and go, hey, I'm going to just watch this cool band 
that you've never heard of, can I have some money? They'll pro- the parents are probably going to think, well, at least it's not going to be, they're not buying like virtual wings or like a virtual outfit anymore. Like at least yeah. they're going to have some sort of experience with uh, with with music. Uh, so yeah, I, there, there, that are, that is a weird angle, isn't it? That we have um, from like the the games industry plus parents almost like we have yeah. to sort of convince the parents like hey they're not just playing games they're you know they're learning something and stuff yeah like that 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 like bait and switch that we've been trying to pull on parents like i still don't know if that works you know like because <laughs> same with minecraft right oh they're not they're not they're not playing a game they're playing legos and there's like there's a lot of learning opportunities in Lego. and it's like no that's not what's happening the kids are like i just want to play games with my friends like they don't care I'm trying to bait and switch them but yeah absolutely i think the I think the argument for that is is absolutely there though. So yeah, that's always good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi guys. So uh, thanks for joining us in the chat, by the way. Um, uh, Novago and uh, Sanjib, uh, appreciate you having it. Uh, coming to check us out. Um, yeah. Welcome. So yeah, I can't think of anything that could be that could be bad. I can't, I can't see the downside. Right. This is just all exciting. It, it, the possibilities, and even if it's a flop, even if it's a failure that's you know we've not lost anything i can't i can't see how it's going to be a, a downside it's just going to be virtual yeah, concerts. worst case scenario is that epic like try and do something with fortnite and they just com- it completely falls through and then they you know they sell off bank camp and it becomes what it formerly was so yeah. like it's not the end of the world i guess but yeah as long as long as like you as the music creator sort of thing like if you if you can't see anything that's like directly a problem with this then then it's, it's probably going to be a good thing i guess like there's going to be it's going to be a lot of opportunities for Epic to sort of expand out. Like, I, w- I would be really curious to see if they did do a Fortnite music platform. Like, that would be really interesting to see. And not just doing concerts within Fortnite, because while that brand is very, obviously very powerful, um, it would be nice if they sort of started to compartmentalize that out a little bit, because I, I don't think it always fits, because there's not everyone plays Fortnite, for example. So, like, it'd be good if they could create some form of, you know, platform where like people that don't play the game can actually come in and still enjoy music yeah. in whatever sense in terms of like, yeah. uh, because the idea of like a, a, uh, like a virtual concert is great. Like, uh, especially in these times, like in like post pandemic or whatever, like a lot of people are sort of used to being at home hmm. uh, between Oculus VR and, and things like that. You know, we've got all these new options. So it'd be really interesting to see what they do with this space. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sanjay makes a good point. Like, what's Facebook going to do with the metaverse? Is that going to be like a bit of a war of services? Um, they'll have something up their yeah. sleeve. Um, we st- we still don't know what that's going to be yet, apart from a name change, um, and what we've seen on that that video with uh, with Zuckerberg. So, it's possible that we have like a, a war of technology, um, and the best technology could lose out. So, if Epic do have this best version. It's not a guarantee that it's going to be successful and win. Like, like when you think about music technology, there's always been a race. So, um, you know, arguably people prefer vinyl over tapes. Um, and there are obvious advantages and disadvantages over both. Same thing with like mini disc and CDs. Like mini disc on paper has lots of advantages over CDs, but CDs won. So it's very possible that because Facebook are bigger than epic they could win the technology and even if epic are better for for bands and musicians getting more revenue it could be that facebook's one just wins by just being bigger yeah it's tough because like the metaverse is very i keep using this word so but it's, it's a very nebulous day yeah it's it's a very nebulous thing like we don't really know what um, the metaverse really is going to be like we don't know what the main goal of it is apart from like quote unquote connecting people in whatever sense but the, like the advantage that something like Bandcamp has and what Epic has is that they've got a well-established sort of platform where a lot of these people are congregating for that specific thing. Yeah. So for music content creation, like people are on Bandcamp already. Yeah. But whereas Facebook are going to have to build that up like in within, not only within Facebook or Meta or whatever the hell it's called these days, mm. but within the, within the platform itself. And like you have to, and there's a big barrier to entry as well in terms of like, oh, you have to own a VR headset and, and things like this. And there's a load of questions around that. Like, okay, like the more barriers that there are, like the less people, less likely are some someone's going to do it because if they see like the commercial for um, meta sort of bands or whatever on TV, it's like, oh, cool, that looks awesome. Like, how do I get into that? And then someone's like, oh, okay, first, 
you need a Facebook account and then you need a VR account and then you need to get a VR headset. They're about $300. You, you, you'll figure that out. And then you have to figure out how to use the VR. And it's just like all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Whereas the when it comes to Fortnite or something, it's like everyone is sort of aware that all you really need is a computer or a mobile phone or whatever, like that device that you already have in your hand, you can totally just join and you're in a concert yeah like that one hit button like barrier to entry is a lot smaller for someone like epic so i think they're better positioned either way yeah i I can imagine they go for some sort of hybrid option where there'd be like an online concert where the vr headset crew maybe get the first row and like they they've got more accessibility like they can walk around they can do more things (laughs) yeah whereas the people that just sat there on the screen you know they 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 can't get as much experience to their seat and if they if they're looking at all these people in vr having just the greatest time you know that's gonna be a a good way to to sell more headsets i think yeah like the whole facebook thing is very much their their vision isn't for the the oculus quest version of the metaverse today it's mm. very much like okay what's future. it going to be in 10 years sure because 10 years time it's going to be huge mm-hmm. um not the not facebook's metaverse in general but like the metaverse in general like what we consider the metaverse is like it's writ large like across all companies like doing different things whatever their versions of the metaverse is because this is before because it's been heavily rumored that apple are going to be announcing their ar slash vr product this year cool. and they're probably going to smash through everything oculus has done because they they know product design a lot better unfortunately it's just the blunt end of it so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with it and how that sort of affects what epic's doing and within the games industry and things like that as well so hmm. it's it's a very versatile um, sort of industry and it, it's going to change a lot over the coming years so yeah watch that space if you're if you're into that sort of stuff anyway like there's a lot of people that just want to play traditional style games and they don't care about that stuff like whatsoever so yeah yeah. that'll never die that'll never die they're just trying to they're trying to shepherd in and herd what's going to be fashionable and if they can get that to Mm. to be this place where where you know you have more fun if you buy more gear then that's better for those companies isn't it so they've got to try and make it look as fashionable as possible i suppose um yeah absolutely yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what happens without doubt um so that was that. So yeah, you didn't even really know what Bandcamp was. A good example of, of how it could be that the technology doesn't doesn't work uh, is that you know everyone's heard of Spotify and everyone uses Spotify, but Spotify sure. isn't as good for the artists as Bandcamp. So Bandcamp right. they get more money. So all the artists want everyone to use Bandcamp, but everyone uses Spotify. And why is that? Because um, it's probably because of money. We're going in the right places or the wrong places, depending on who you ask. And, you know, platform accessibility, um, things like that. I think platform accessibility is probably going to be the biggest thing. And I hope like that is because I haven't even heard of this thing until Epic acquired them. So there's that, I guess. But I'm not I'm not a um, curator either. Like, it, so I'm not I'm not a person that makes music. So if it's a, if it's very much a platform catered towards that, then and it's more about the indies and stuff like that. It's, it's very much like the Steam versus PlayStation sort of thing on sure. PlayStation being spotify right and this is more of the steam yeah um both holding their own in in, in different ways it's just uh, vastly different audiences and different um content creators themselves so yeah interesting fascinating stuff like i i'm i'm really curious to see what they actually do with it now in the future because like as someone that's always wanted to learn an instrument um like i i'm constantly looking at like what ubisoft's doing with rocksmith and i'm always like okay what about other stuff so fascinating but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting like Obviously, the biggest thing in the room, like when it comes to like this, like Bandcamp and harmonics and all that sort of stuff, is that the next rock band game is going to be ridiculous. Like, okay, you can play every single song that's in, in Bandcamp now. Go. Yeah. And that's just like, oh, crap. That's a big game that people are sort of sleeping on. And those games are heavily reliant, and I mean heavily reliant upon their libraries and what songs they've got in their catalogs. So, sure. yeah, it's it's very much dependent on that and it'll be interesting to see what they do with that like uh i'd be curious if they just go like the super smash brothers ultimate route of just like yeah just put everything in there yeah we'll see what happens you know yeah cool exciting times especially for music creators and 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 like uh rhythm game players like yeah there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that they could do with this and i hope that they do something good with it definitely yeah technology is going to be making that 
like an awesome game. Like the next the yeah. next rock band is going to be awesome, regardless of yeah how how it actually comes about and when. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, to uh, answer your question real quick, Sanjib, like yeah, we don't talk about crypto on this website on this uh, podcast. We don't do it. Like no, no. I, to be to be honest, I, I really don't think these companies are going to be looking at crypto whatsoever uh, when it comes to the metaverse stuff because it's not a very popular thing right now. Even though if it makes some money. Like they're, they're just going to stay the hell away from it until it sort of cools off or they figure a, a better way of doing it. But for the time being, I, I really don't see them touching it. Yeah, it's bad PR at the minute, at the very least. Indeed. Uh, so we should move on to uh, what we've been playing this week, I guess. Oh, have you got anything else to talk about, Chris? Did you want to talk about the Activision Blizzard thing, or is that a bit too bleak? Or It's not too bleak. I just don't know anything about it. Like we can... We'll let um... a bit more information come out and we'll cover it next week. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, Activision Blizzard, the, the lawsuit that we, we've talked about this a few times on the on the on the podcast. We've said before, you know, it's an ongoing story. We're going to be talking about it several times. So yeah, we can we can wait until there's more bits to talk about in one go next week. Um, yeah. Was it was it Activision? Uh, was it Activision? Was it um, the Washington Post that did it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll I'll just throw like as a precursor anyway. So if you are interested, in, um, tune in next week and we'll we'll have a look at this. But yeah, um, yeah Activision Blizzard sued for wrongful death by family of employee who killed herself. So yeah, that's that's the headline. Like a, yeah, sounds like a pretty horrible story. And it's a it's an article I have not read. It was only brought to my attention just before this. So like I, I would really like to absorb all that information before I because that's uh, like that's not something that i want to just give offhanded comments about just in case like, yeah I say something completely wrong and yeah we've probably do some research on that yeah sure right exactly uh yeah so so yeah what you've been playing same thing that you've been playing probably uh a little game my pups adventure bay Paw patrols what no it was actually, no? it's actually um barbie horse rating for that's <laughs> It's, it's a really good game. Like Barbie's hair is a bit static. Like they need to add a bit more animation to it. But did you see the Elden yeah. Ring gif of it's it's Barbie Barbie riding a horse and it's like Elden Ring looks amazing <laughs> and it's Barbie like riding a horse in a video game. Yeah. Like the the characters that they always choose for the PR in Elden Ring are quite you know Barbie-ish, like the long blonde hair flowing in the background sort yeah. of thing. Like it's it's kind of funny. But yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> uh, so you've been playing, um, yeah, you haven't been playing Paw Patrol then. I have not been playing any of those things. Also, I've not been playing Barbie Horse Racing 4, I promise. Like, yeah. I don't even know if that game exists. I hope it does. God, please exist. Um, <laughs> now, I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm pretty sure you've been playing this as well, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Probably not as far as you. I've, I've, not, I've not put the hours in, which is a bad sign. It's not been hooking me in. I've been putting right. it off um, because it's not... As far as well, the tell me about it. Like, what's what's your like? What's your overall impression about it? Like, obviously, you got the first game tattooed on your arm. Yeah, like you really enjoyed it. It's one of your favorite games of all time. Yeah, and then the second one comes along, and it's not quite grabbing you, right? It's not quite grabbing me. I've I've done the first. Uh, I've got like the tutorial stuff out of the way, which I was impressed about how big it was. Um, and I was impressed that all these functions were coming up so like the skill tree i was like oh my gosh there's a skill tree just like oh here's a skill tree and it's huge massive it's vast and that's that's impressive i've done like the first main mission unlocked a thing mm. so um so i've done that but th the major things i'm not liking is what we talked about last last week uh in that it's just not very polished there's some things which are kind of annoying and nagging uh, one thing that's new, which I found, which really annoyed me, and I don't understand how it wasn't picked up in, in, in QA. So I, I just did the... Opened up the Fidden West. I'm in there. They say, hey, go to that go to that tall neck. So I go to the tall neck. And then yeah. I follow the main mission. And so I'm on my way to the main mission. And on the way to the main mission, I'm not going to give spoilers away, but I came across <clears throat> a scene... I couldn't see anything except for wilderness. Aloy kept saying something which didn't make any sense to me. She said it constantly, 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 about five or six or seven times. I was fighting a pack of monsters and um Just monsters in this game? I thought they were robots. Robots, robot monsters. And then and then I came across this thing. The words come out of Aloy's mouth. I didn't know. She seemed to know something I didn't know. Um 
And then later on, I played the first mission and then what I'd seen made sense. And I hated the fact that it was on the way to the main mission that I came across something which totally blew the Ludo narrative dissonance. And I was totally disconnected from the game because Aloy knew something I didn't know. Um, and she said it several times, which again was annoying. Like they need to yeah. put a ratchet on that thing. They need to like, so, like if you've played the same voice clip five times in five minutes, like don't play it again for another three minutes. And that was right. that would be that would be fine, but it, I must have been I was fighting these robots, and I think I was just coming back and forth over a threshold, and it just kept playing the voice clip every time I was hitting it, but I couldn't even see the thing that she was talking about until later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was really annoying, and I don't know how that wasn't picked up because that should be they they shouldn't have placed the thing there because it's on the road to the main mission. Like I, I, I know exactly what you're away. talking about as well, and it's there is a lot of that in the in the thing and i think it's actually because of qa that all these like issues is what people are sort of coming across which is mostly about aloy and how how many barks she has mm. uh, like in games development terms like barks are basically um the way that the main character tells the player of stuff that's happening around them or it gives them hints or tutorials or whatever like through the game so she just constantly says stuff out loud which are either obvious or not too obvious or whatever to sort of guide the player along yeah, and it's an art is... to get right, and most of the time it, it's Without best when it goes unnoticed. It's just jarring oh, yeah. when it's noticed, and it's an, it's a total art to know when to do it and how to do it. And yeah, when you've got yeah, players that are doing it's, weird it's, things it's... in weird combinations, that's when things can go wrong, and that's fine because the player's not really playing it as the game was. It's not what we call a critical path, so it's not sure. an obvious path that most people are going to do. I was doing a critical path. I was doing a path that a lot of people would have done. Um, which you did yourself as well, and yeah, so I was annoyed about that because I wasn't like cheating. I wasn't doing. I wasn't doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. Right. So, like the, I guess your problem that I'm sort of gauging from this is that she is still talking too much. <laughs> She's talking too much, even though it pains me to say because I love her and I love her voice and I love her character. Oh, but she's again also she's got a bit of an attitude, and I don't. There's no reason. I don't know what the. I don't know what the reason for her attitude is. Yeah, me, me, my, because I'm playing through this as well. And my, my wife looked at me yesterday, and she was like, "Yeah, Aloy's a bit of a, bit of an ass." And I was like, "Yeah, kind of." In this one, like, she's a bit more arrogant, absolutely. Yeah. Um, she has, she has got a bit of an attitude, and it only gets worse as well, like throughout the game. Um, That's a so shame. So it's kind of, yeah. I mean, it's she's still a great character. Don't get me wrong. I'm mm. not like we're we're definitely picking at the heels of this. But the biggest issue by far in this game is the shouts, like just how much she talks and how many hints she gives and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it, it, it's too much, way too much. And they've even like, they put out a, um, a press release for their recent patch, which is patch uh, 1.06. I think it was. Oh yeah. That being said, I couldn't be bothered to load the patch, so I've just so that could be fixed and it could be premature. I was because no, I'm on my PS4 Pro. I was like, oh, I've got to load up the I've got to load up the game for starters, and then I got to load the level. I'm used to my Xbox, like no waiting oh, whatsoever. You're, you're in the last. I forgot about this. Like yeah, it's it's kind of nuts because on PS5, it just you you hit new game and it's it starts like <sighs> that. And you go to, like when you're fast traveling, it's it's like two seconds. Ugh. so it's 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 really really fast sorry man i don't mean to bring the pain no but yeah no. i can imagine but even even after the patch like in the patch notes they said yeah we've we've reduced the amount that aloy talks about her stash because every time you pick up an item that like overflows your stash at any point and like overflows your inventory so it has to be put into your yeah. stash this will go into my stash and she constantly mentions this will go into my stash this is my stash for later yeah put this is my stash for later and she just over and over and over it's like just shut up i know it's in your stash we understand what a stash is. You don't need to keep saying this. And like they, like in the patch notes, are like, oh, we've reduced the amount that she talks about a stash. And I was like, is that it? Like, that's the only thing that you reduced? Like, really? Like, wh- what about all the other stuff? <laughs> about literally everything. Thing. Yeah, she says. That being said, right. like, it, it almost it amplifies the problem when the, you have a cutscene and the, the, the dialogue and the relationships are just spot on. Like the cat, like the without a doubt animation capturing, like what is actually happening when you're learning about the characters and they're saying things that aren't really organic. It's not really how people talk, but it's presented in a way which is actually really, really well, well done. done. Yeah. yeah, it's very well done. So that, that so they can do it right, and they did it la- right in the last game. <laughs> so they've missed a trick, unfortunately, with this game. I think. 
Yeah, I, I, th I honestly think this is just a result of over too much QA. Too much expanding too quickly, like too many things yeah, th to QA. I think they just, they, they test this game over and over again, and every single time someone even got slightly stuck on anything, like, okay, we'll put a bark on that. Right. For that, for that thing. And it could be anything. It could have been just that person had a bad day or whatever, like, and they've overcompensated for all of the things yeah. that QA sort of brought up, which, you know, it's it's very much to do with like a QA manager and, and like how QA teams work, but you need to really pass out like what is actually valid feedback a lot of the time. This is a great example for like over listening to QA sometimes, yeah. which is start contrast something like Elden Ring where it's just like, yeah, we're not even going to give you anything. Yeah, Good luck with that. it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Thing. It's like, right. that's working as intended. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that like software people say, it's like working as intended. Like I got stuck on this working as intended Good. like you're supposed yeah. to get stuck it's a puzzle you know yeah we're not supposed to say and i think that's a lack of communication i think there's a communication breakdown there yeah you're right like every time someone got stuck on something they fixed it they shouldn't have stopped to think do we need to th fix it should should they yeah. get stuck should should people spend like a minute trying to find a thing around here would that break up the the you know the flow of the level in a good way like is this going to be a bit of a respite of like where have i got to go because right. you know at the end of the day in the actual game aloy is running around a freaking ruin of a place that she's never been before she's not supposed to know where she's trying to get to all the time so that's kind of yeah that's more like that helps with the lunar narrative side of things like it helps you get into the character's head a bit more if, if she can struggle from time to time like if she just bowls through every single level all the time and she knows exactly where she needs to go and knows exactly what tool to use at all times that's not as dynamic as it could be i'll say it, you know that's the best way i can say it that's dressing yeah it up. i mean the older i the older i get like the less i like games that hold my hand I, I, I don't know what it is like it's something that's just like it's come up within the past few years i'm like i'm so sick of these like style of games where they're just like oh you or you're stuck for 30 seconds or come this way sort of thing like just leave me alone for five minutes uh, like if i still haven't figured it out in three minutes like that's the that's a good amount of time like walking around in the circle like how the hell do i get out of this place then she's like oh maybe i should climb up there i'm like oh thanks Ava. like okay cool right yeah i have got to get up there yeah. right awesome i didn't notice that but when you walk into an area and the second you step over the threshold and she's just like oh i need to climb up there it's like why did you tell me like what and then like you look up there and there's like all this puzzle to get up there and i'm just like okay what is the point of that puzzle even being there now because she's just told me straight away mm. what i need to do so you might as well just make that a ladder instead because yeah. it's not a puzzle anymore like i didn't figure that out i don't i don't feel good like i just feel like i'm a baby <laughs> and you're yeah sort of like okay you can't figure this out you little you know sort of thing and i'm just it's just it, endless frustrations with this game because it's so close like there's just these little things like that which sort of ruin the entire experience and it ripples throughout the whole game yeah which is a shame but like in terms of because the way the game looks the acting the like every like the combat is feels awesome like mm. when you when you start getting all like the the new abilities and stuff and, you, and you're sliding around in slow motion and like shooting the bellies out of things as you go between his legs yeah doing things like like it's amazing like absolutely incredible but then you get to a like uh, an area where it's just like okay there's no puzzles here because they're all ruined for me Aloy's just telling me what to do she keeps like the ludo narrative dissonancing where she's constantly explaining the world when she isn't meant to know any more than you do yeah uh, it's, it's things like that where it's kind of it doesn't feel like a game it feels like i'm just being walked through a, a movie almost it's like it's like a yeah it's like a walking simulator the most beautiful looking game like landscape where you just be you're being guided like like Aloy's a guide and she's guiding you and you're two different people one with knowledge and one without um yeah so that's yeah that's not what they were aiming for yeah i mean and it worked it worked absolutely worked in the first game because she had the focus on the, on the side of the head and, and she she's got all this information that the the average like tribes people around it don't know and she's sort of like no it isn't a god sort of thing and it's like that eye rolly stuff which is like yeah it's hilarious and it works in that yeah. context but in this one like there's a lot of other people that are a bit more savvy than her at times and she's still got that kind of arrogance to her which it's sort of i don't know it's it's really strange like I, i'm just not like i hope that it all comes together like i haven't finished the game yet i'm still yeah. a good 
a good third of the way to go, I think. But and yeah, narratively and as well, you'd thought she would be as cocky because silence keeps tricking her and keeps pulling like the wool over her eyes and stuff. So you, you'd think yeah. she'd have, be a bit more humble, like she wasn't. Sure and there's, of a, there's other villains that come along that are way above her pay grade, as it were. And like when they come around, it's sort of like, hmm, like maybe you shouldn't like pretend that you know everything I like because you really don't like you're up against a lot here sort of thing and there's no there's no real conflict to that yet but who knows it might change I might I might I might mm. like get to the last act of the game they might all come together and may, there might be a reason why all this has been set up mm. but the uh the hint system of the game is is definitely stifling my experience anyway it sounds like it is yours as well yeah the law's good though like the story's great like the writing in that respect is really good like the the main For missions sure. keep me going and so it's enough keep me going it's just i think too much is not there for it, to, it I, I know it's not going to be like a great game mm. i know that i'm probably gonna have these frustrations all the way through hopefully not like if hopefully like in a few weeks time and our year's anniversary in like three weeks time i were going do you know what vin it's actually got brilliant like the hand holding stopped that would be a great thing but we shall see. I just, I just wish it, i just wish there was a set for it i wish you could go into the options turn off uh, vocal hints like done like i'm sure all of these audio clips are tagged somewhere i'm sure like they've got this set up in an engine in a way where they they can turn these things on and off yeah it's obviously going to take a lot of work to go through the whole game and do that massive systemic game like this mm. but they've got to be categorized or tagged in some certain way within the engine that they could absolutely turn some of these off and send it to a setting i would hope but you know it, it is what it is and we've just got to sort of push through and the hand holding um, because like just the weird juxtaposition of playing the game on hard mode as well, the combat like scenarios are super difficult. Then you come out of it and it's like, oh, it's back to baby mode, and like then like, oh, this is where you go, and it's like it's so jarring, you know, like it's really strange. But I think it's hard on knows? normal mode. I think it's like I've died a few times. And yeah, I've knocked it down died. a couple of times and then knocked it back up when it's mm. gotten a bit too easy. Depends how what level I get up to and and how much like what area i'm in as well like you, you walk in some areas and it's like wow all these enemies are just like i can walk through them pretty much like right difficult at all so like you bump it up a little bit then that was another thing a, yeah a jaw and it's just like oh crap never mind go back down to normal yeah go back <laughs> down to normal get rid of this yeah, yeah. That, that was another thing that i didn't like um again on my way to the main mission from where they told me to go first i came across mm. a group of uh ones that like nearly handed my ass to me and i was like Again, I don't know if that was the right... I wouldn't have placed that there. I maybe have made them easy to kill rather than difficult, considering I haven't played the first narrative step and the first mission in in the Forbidden West. Like, mm. make the path to the first mission a bit easy. Do you know what I mean? If that's what people are going to be trying to do. I don't right. know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very strange game in that respect. Like, it, it doesn't really know what lane it wants to be in a lot of the time. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah hopefully it comes together we'll see though yeah yeah we'll see um yeah i've not been playing anything else just been doing indie game stuff so yeah i've been i've been working on uh games myself like that's that's pretty much it like you can follow me on twitter if you want to go and look at that sort of stuff but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of ui coding from both of us um but yeah it's one of those weeks my my, my brain is fried uh to answer your question sanjib yes ubisoft are absolutely making a new game that's it that's all i'm telling you Sorry, get over it. Just one game. That's not very good, is it? All right, many several, games. many games. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, twenty thousand developers in our company. You know, like we're, we're definitely making something. Um, <laughs> God, I hope we are. Trick. <laughs> we're just sat around like, ah, oh, should we be doing something? Should we make a game? No. Yeah, should we make a game? Is that what we do? Uh, yes, we're making a new game. That's it. That's all I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry to answer your question, Sandra. Yeah, we we usually do our podcast every Sunday, um, which is like around this time every single Sunday, actually. So yeah, but we always upload to YouTube afterwards. So if you're if you're curious about previous episodes or if you miss an episode, then you can find us there. Yeah. Yes, you can use my photo if you want to. I guess. Yeah. Sure. That's disturbing. That's a bit. Chris. Random. Chris's face. Okay. My face, not Vin's. Sure. I think yeah. Vin's no. the better looking one. So. Uh-uh. I really don't think so. No. Anyway, we should probably wrap this thing up anyway. Um, Chris, <laughs> do you want to do you want to mention anything else before we leave? Uh, no, just that you can find me on Twitter uh, at Acrylic Pixel, where I p- post my indie game stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so updates from there. And where can we find your your stuff? 
Yeah, you can find me uh, at Hillfort Games. I'm on Twitter as well. I've got the little link below both of our pictures on YouTube anyway, so you'd be able to see it there. Uh, yep, all my indie game stuff is on there uh, for Long Gong. You can go and check that out. I'm doing little indie dev um, devlogs now. I'm going to start doing those on Twitter, like little two-minute things, just like snippets of what I'm actually working on that week. Um, I'm kind of enjoying like going through that because I think that's going to be the more digestible way. But if you do want a long-form version of that, then uh, me, Chris, and a, another developer called Sam Webster, we also do a solo dev roundtable, which is very similar to Polygon Forest. In fact, you can find it on the Polygon Forest um, channel um, if you are into indie development. And it's just a roundtable with just the three of us talking about our indie games and what we're doing and sort of the problems we're having with um, the with the course of development as normal. So if you're into development, then go and check that out for the long form stuff. But also please, uh, for the uh, the actual podcast itself, we really appreciate you uh, tuning in and uh, checking us out. So please like and subscribe, leave a comment, let, let, let us know your thoughts on the acquisition uh, of uh, Bandcamp and see like, if there's any any good or bad points to that. And uh, also of course, like this, this situation with Russia and Ukraine, like uh, should we be punishing the games industry like this mm. and what your sort of thoughts around that? Like, I'd be really curious to see what other people think about this because it's, it's a very difficult situation, so. Mm. Or even if should but, we be talking about it, which we've chosen the, the road of, yes, yes, we should be talking about it in a yeah, video game there's, podcast. There's a lot of people just avoiding this conversation, which is very strange to me. I think it's, it's, it's something that we shouldn't really ignore. And I'm not saying we should embrace the politics of, of the situation that's happening in Ukraine. But like, there's there's definitely elements of it within the games industry that absolutely needs to be discussed, and, and this is the right context to do it. I think otherwise, yeah. it's just going to get ignored, yeah. um, which would be at the service to the industry and as a whole. But yeah, please uh, like, subscribe, comment, uh, hit the bell icon so you can be notified when we do go live, which is usually every single Sunday at around this time. Uh, this time minus two hours, like if you are watching live. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's usually midday for. Um, for the east coast in america and it's it's evening in the uk so it's like five six ish in the uk yeah british time so you can you can work it out from there i guess depending where you are mm. but if you're in japan then you're screwed because you're you're not going to wake up at 4 a.m to watch us <laughs> <laughs> and i don't blame you really so yeah. we appreciate you watching back the episode at least <laughs> but uh yeah cool until next time guys really appreciate it Catch you later. take care Bye bye